Welcome to the Spirit of Coaching podcast, a show that brings new solutions to the world of coaching and athletics. I'm your host, Scott Fox, a mental health and sport performance coach with over 13 years of experience in the field. We have a really special episode this week. I am with two amazing people. We are breaking new ground on the podcast here and that we have multiple guests. These are my colleagues from a pro bono effort called PURE, and that stands for Providing Ukrainian Resilience and Empowerment. You may say, what does this have to do with sport coaching? We're going to play that out here. Trust me that it does. And I appreciate everybody who's listening. This is uh, being recorded towards the end of the year, and we are in holiday time here. We wish everybody well throughout the world. Let me introduce my guests right now. Uh, we have Melissa, we call her Mel Gutierrez. Say hello. Hello, hello, everyone. How are you? <laughs> and very special guest from overseas, Natalia Sushko, who is Ukrainian. And she's going to provide some really amazing perspectives for a lot of listeners here. Say hi, Natty. Oh, hello, one. Yes. Nice to meet you. Then we're going to show off now and now do it in Ukrainian. <laughs> I love it. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Yeah, so we're here because we've been working together for about 18 months or so, helping Ukrainians all around the world deal with psychological issues. And we do this using some amazing techniques. And yep, these are the same techniques that I use with athletes to help them perform better, which is fascinating. and. I'm going to let our guests now jump in and introduce themselves, tell a little bit about who they are, where they are, and you know, more details of what their expertises really are. Mel, why don't you start us off here? I am so excited to be here. It just feels so right. And my work in the somatic world is mainly as a health and wellness coach. And I have many modalities that I use, including personal training and strength training, but there's also this other mystical side of my work that as a practicing witch, I teach magic to people, body-based magic. I have worked with professional athletes and continue to. And I also work with the everyday person who's looking to be empowered through everything from plant medicine to ritual and just feeling their own empowerment which is one of my favorite things to bring to people. All right, we need to have a sound effect for the podcast because when we have a, a first, we should be ringing a bell. <laughs> first body witch on the program here. I love it. I love it. And you've worked with athletes. That's super cool. Mm -hmm. where, where are you? And, I'm, and I identify as an athlete myself. I train year round like I'm an athlete. So I, I have an inside view on you, some of that. And I, I just use the lingo. You're a personal trainer, right? Yes, totally. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. The body athleticism, you feel like an athlete. I love it. And where are you located, if you don't mind? Revealing. I don't mind at all. I'm in New York City on the Upper East Side. I love it. Cool. Nati, tell us Nati. a little bit about yourself. I'm not dealing with the people in the aspect of training them or in the aspect of helping them with their psychological issues. I'm a translator, mostly a written one. I'm the one who is building these small bridges that is helping people to connect and helping people to understand each other. So this is what I'm proud of. I love it. 
So you're, you are a professional translator. I'm a professional translator with the diploma that is saying like translator. So I can tell everyone that I'm a translator. And the biggest part of my professional way, I was a translator. I, sometimes I, I'm doing the oral translations sometimes, but mostly they are only written ones. And sometimes when they have free time and inspiration, I'm teaching people foreign languages. So this is my most aspects and inter, inter courses of the people between the people. Very good. Very good. And what, what languages do you speak besides English and Ukrainian? I'm working with English. I'm working with German and I'm working with French and Ukrainian and Russian, they are my native ones. Wonderful. Wonderful. Wow. So I appreciate this. As you can tell, we have an eclectic group here. And I think it's important for us to get together and talk about what we've been doing and why and how we may be able to help other people in the world here. I'll jump in first. How's that? It's my show. I get to jump in. You the, are the star. Um, yeah. <laughs> so when the war in Ukraine broke out, I felt a calling. I just felt something in my heart tug at me. And it, I've never had that before. And as people said to me, why are you involved in this? Why, why are you so passionate about this one? There's wars all the time. There's devastation everywhere. You can do this in lots of locations. And the answer is, I don't know. I simply felt it. And I was reading the Washington Post one morning and I read an article that was quoting a U.S. military veteran, and he had flown over to Ukraine with, on his own money to go fight alongside the Ukrainian soldiers. And the interviewer said, why? That's just sounds crazy. And he said, I'm trained for this. It would be crazy not to do it. And I thought, yes, that hit me. I was like, I am trained to help in this war. I am trained via the certifications and the last 15 years of experience that I've had working with athletes. And you may say, what does an athlete have to do with a, a soldier? It's all trauma-based. And so the work that I've been doing using these techniques like EFT, uh, if you haven't listened to the podcast before, that's emotional freedom techniques, is perfectly set up for helping in these kinds of situations. So I began thinking about it, frankly, letting it stew inside of me. And it just kept building. And then I said, okay, what am I going to do here? I don't know who to call, how to do this. And I jumped on the internet and I started to network with people via social media. And I met some really cool people. I think I started off talking to some people in hmm, Poland, because if you recall, there's at least 2 million Ukrainians that are in Poland. The wonderful Poles have taken them into their homes and amazing, I salute the, the Polish people. And after a number of phone calls with really amazing high-level people, as well as coaches, psychological coaches, I got connected with a group that at the time was called Sane Ukraine Online. And that's where I met these two lovely people. And they were, this group was based in the UK. I joined, I fell in love with it, and I feel like I'm really living in accordance with my heart. And I think it's been a wonderful experience and we've provided some, I think some great psychological support for folks. And we'll talk amongst ourselves here about that. 
that's my background story about this event. Mel, how did you get involved? I was already working with the international organization Embodiment Unlimited. And that's how this came about. The founder of that organization did an amazing job of starting the first iteration of our group called Sane Ukraine. What motivated me, I personally, I'm Mexican and Puerto Rican in my background, which means that my very existence is the result of a complex history of colonialization, slavery, warfare. And I can feel within myself an intolerance for bullies in general. And whenever I have the opportunity to step in into any situation and I get to use my protective warrior goddess self, I'm going to. It it is a little self-serving in that it helps me to feel less hopeless in a world where there's so much going on that I can't personally affect. And at least here I can really be part of the light and extend my light to others. And that is the sincere hope, but it, and it, but it also helps me, right? Like it, it ameliorates a lot of hopelessness well, or, and you get it, Scott. I, know, like I get it. it. I, I get it. And this is one of the great quotes. I really need to memorize it. It's something from Emerson that says the greatest exchange in the universe is when we help somebody else, we can't help, but help ourselves. Oh, absolutely. This forces, this work forces anybody who does it to step into their power, to keep their internal light, their fire maintained and incandescent so that you can spread that and spark it in others. And that is healing for me personally. It's not the main drive <laughs> as to why I do this. And I've, I've done other kinds of volunteer work like this. And I'm also very grateful to just have a constitution in which I'm not afraid of really heavy subject matter and I'm not afraid of intense emotions. Like I'm really okay to just have people be rageful or, or devastated and express that in their embodiment and hold space for them in that. Beautiful. So you've been you've got the you've been prepared in some way, whether it's in your lifetime, prior lifetimes, your lineage, et cetera, has prepared you for this and you're using it. I love that so much. Most certainly. Thank you. Natty, um, how did you get involved in serving in this way? My study would, would start from the 21st of February when I received the message from my sister who was living that time in Kiev and they were like this four o'clock in the morning. This all these flashbacks that our people are making now with this second world war when the, uh, the German army started to bomb Soviet Union. And because it was like the same scenario, one, 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 one. And I received this message and we had a huge attack during the whole Ukraine. And uh, every city of Ukraine, which has military base, was attacked, partially attacked. My city is a little bit specific city. It is 120 kilometers long. So our military base is not in the center of the city. It's like a little bit behind the city. And I'm like geographically more or less like in the center of the city. So I could not hear those bumps and those explosions. But my sister who was like actually like maybe 20, 30 minutes away from the airport 
and one of the military bases. So she was in panic and scared. And she was writing me, do uh, you know what is happening? It's hell here. We don't know what to do and so on and so forth. And, but I woke up like it's calm and peace in my bedroom. Yeah, in my bed, everything was fine. And then you start to scroll this telephone and you're receiving all of these scary messages like something is going wrong and you don't know what to do this is the minute when you are falling apart and you're falling apart and you don't know what to do it's like literally you're sitting and it's okay and i was not prepared there were rumors two months before three months before the usa I was making a lot of these articles and the, all of the embassies that from Kiev, they moved into Lviv, they moved in the west part of Ukraine, but nevertheless, because our government was keeping silence. So they didn't say that, no, it's not true. They didn't say, no, you need to be ready. And there was some reasons because why did they do that? In this moment. You're just sitting and you don't know what to do. This is, and this is when our people, Ukrainian people, we are starting this, firstly, this volunteer work. And then you have your telegram full of this information. We need volunteer here. How can you help? So you're just scrolling uh, Facebook, um, Viber, WhatsApp, like all of the message, messengers, all of the social nets, Instagram. Uh, and you don't even need to scroll because these messages are jumping on you mm. and you sitting at home and you understand you can't do anything. And then you receive all of this information from outside of the world. And some people are like, are about to help you. So there was one of the messages in Facebook about the scene of Ukraine and that they are looking for the translators. Because there would be some trainers, some coaches who would speak in English, but most of Ukrainian, they don't speak English. So I was, I just subscribed. I said, yes, okay, not problem. And then I think there was an organization time or something. So they took one month or, or something to organize, to find the proper trainers, to organize these groups, because that was Every, every evening, I believe it was every evening session. So then I was assigned for this, our group, Friday group, not one of the best. Just <laughs> to be the rumors. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, good. So Let for me, me, I'm so sorry. For me, just, for me, it was just a way to find a solid ground for myself because that night, that morning, early morning, I just lost the ground and I was like hanging somewhere. So when you are doing something and you understand that you help yourself and you help other people, so then you, at least you feel something solid. So you can be in, you can, you know how to, because uh, my days were after I was signed up and they assigned me for the Friday group. We started it and I remember that it was like, okay, this is the Friday. This is my deadline until I need to survive. So you would do everything just to reach this Friday evening. I'm going to stop you there. That's amazing. So you've been living this and you, yeah, that's to say it all, you've been living it. 
and your family was scared and you're doing what you can to remain grounded and help other people. I love that. Thank you. Thank you. Like say, like all like my brother's uh, wives, they were totally insane. They were like shouting because they have children. And this is what I face a lot with the people who have children. They didn't, they only aim of their life is to save my child. This is what you need to deal with all the time with my friends, with my family and everybody is reaching me and asking, what should I do? I don't know what should you do. I don't know what should I do. Well, that's exactly right. Nobody knows because we don't live like this. Thank goodness. We don't know how to deal with a, an invasion and the, the statement of they're in fear for their lives over their children. Uh, it's just huge. And so for us, again, any listener here, we're doing this because you feel empathy for people and to be able to deliver something to them in a time when they are absolutely, you heard the description, they are panicked, not because of their desires of, oh, I'm worried about my job or I'm, I'm worried about the day-to-day things in my life. No, this is about life and death. And it's, it is humbling and it's an honor for all of us, I know, to participate in a meaningful way using some techniques that I don't think any of us got into this years ago, Mel, <laughs> as a personal trainer or body worker or sports performance person, knowing or thinking that we would someday be doing some trauma relief work for people overseas. And yet that's the blessing of all of this. And, and uh, I don't know. How did you, what do you think about what our friend Natty just said? She lives it in a way that we don't. It recalls for me when I hear Natty's story and her words, one of the barriers within myself I had to cross in order to be truly effective and dedicate myself to this work was not to be too caught up in my head about, do I deserve to be here? Why, how do I prove to these people that I'm trustworthy? And this was something in the very beginning that when we were given training, so that for people who are listening, it's not like you just throw a group together and then you get no clinical lead. No, we had a lot of training around it to step into a catastrophic event in real time. And I don't know, as an American-born woman, what it is to live through war. I am cosseted in the privilege of my current world history. And I do know what it is to deal with an intensely violent and chaotic childhood and home life. I know what it is to survive extreme violence and gang violence outside of my home. I know what it is to break generational alcoholism patterns, poverty. I have dealt with homelessness while achieving great things in my life, like getting to a top tier college, getting to build a business that would have been unimaginable to my parents, my grandparents, my immigrant background. And even though I can't say that I've experienced living through a war, I do know what it is to survive very challenging circumstances and then to thrive. And that's that when I work from that place, instead of the ego of how do I prove to them? How do I tell them? I, if I tap into what I desire for people to have, 
what empowerment I needed and what I received, what teachers, what instincts and guides I was graced with in my worst times. I just humbly want to information share with anyone who is in a catastrophic event. Like I know how to, I know how to survive that and thrive in another way. Let me give you whatever I can information wise. And it seemed to be effective. We've been doing it for a while. (laughs) People keep coming. (laughs) And let's describe, let me describe a little bit about what this looks like. We jump on a Zoom call at this point every other Friday, and we publish that Zoom call link on a Facebook group that is called Providing Ukrainian Resilience and Empowerment, if anybody wants to look that up. And any Ukrainian is welcome. If you are not a Ukrainian and you'd like to be a guest, you can contact me and we'll talk about that. We've had some guests come and visit us recently. And we jump on a Zoom call. Any Ukrainian can jump on there. And it's usually a small group of less than eight. And we do um, a protocol that involves a little bit of sharing, uh, just talking up front. And so the Ukrainians get to share what, what's going on in their world, what their stressors are, how they're feeling. And then we will jump into it a round of EFT. And so I get to lead the tapping as we call it, and we will go through that process. And if you've not ever seen a tapping session before, it doesn't look like therapy. It is not therapy. And we make it very clear. We're not doing therapy. We are not therapists here. We're acknowledging that our bodies are telling us that there's something out of whack (laughs) to use a technical term. And then we use these procedures to reduce the level of that distress, we'll call it. And when done on a regular basis, this is a wonderful technique, even on a short-term once-off basis. We've had people come in high anxiety. They will acknowledge that perhaps their back hurts. And we go through this tapping procedure. We have them focus in on their bodies as they do it. And it's been remarkable and yet typical of the procedure that attendees will get great relief, both psychological and physiological. I love it when the body responds and people will say, I don't understand. I can't believe it. My back doesn't hurt now. Or the pain that I've been carrying for a while on my shoulders is gone. And that is a remarkable way, just the way the human body is built. Everything we do as humans has an emotional component to it, including the pain that we feel. And science is now understanding that pain is not always just located at the site of an injury. And the greatest example of that is uh, the phantom pain that an amputee has. There's a massive pain where their limb used to be, yet there's no limb. So clearly pain has more to do than just the site of an injury. So that's what our little session looks like. It's, it's about an hour long. I'd say roughly 20 minutes to 30 minutes of talking, sharing, and then the balance of it is the tapping. Um, During that process, I'm speaking English because I'm the typical American. I can only speak English. (laughs) That's changing. Thank goodness. Um, Hats off to young. My Spanish is not helpful in this (laughs) particular setting. We asked the other day, are there any Latins living in Ukraine? (laughs) I just know that there there are. So we can't use Spanish. But Natty, Natalia here, she does a great job of translating everything I say. And it's quite remarkable. And uh, She does it while tapping for herself and for everyone else in the group. And not only demonstrates it so well and uses the power of her language, she can remain present 
and is there for also facilitating. And it's been amazing to also watch our esteemed translator as well as other people on the group be able to facilitate for themselves. I think that's a big part of our work. And when I was hearing Scott talk about what we do and, and why we do it, I often go back to some of the original language I was trained with for this project about you can't solve the problems, but you can help people find their clarity and their ground again. Mm. And so that's what we do. So we can't make it go away. I can't solve this for you, but this is how you find your center so that you can make good survival decisions and also thrive, not just survive. Yeah. I love that. And the, don't, don't get me wrong. I'm not comparing everyday life in America or any country to a war-torn situation. It is the same in some respects though, in that right now in society, we live in a, a fear-based society and it's so pervasive. We don't even recognize that we are. And so when we are working with anybody in my athlete world or non-athlete clients, a lot of what we're doing is exactly what Mel just said. We're helping people get clarity so they can make decisions. They can get out of that fear mode, that fight or flight parasympathetic response that we have. I, I with all these still years of, of tapping, I've been doing a 15 years or so. I still have those moments where I get clouded and I'm so grateful that I've got these tools because without them and without use of them, um, decisions become wacky and I still make wacky decisions. <laughs> I can only, I can only say thank you to everybody in the world who helps another person get this grounded clarity. Natty, when you've been in your city and you don't need to name your city, I know that there have been direct attacks on that and. Tell us, what is it like, if you don't mind, and tell, tell us if it's too much to talk about when you have missiles flying over your apartment building and that they're striking your city? Until we were like a front city, uh, because they were the front line uh, until the enemies came, it was our city, my city. So until this time, that was quite a uh, peaceful time because they didn't attack. But once the front line was moved a little bit, closer to the border, they started attack us hugely a lot. There were a lot of deaths in my city caused by these people. And Mel also told that I'm present when I'm translating and I'm tapping and everything, but it took also a while for me to start to tap and to translate at the same time, because when you have at one hand this fear. Because when you are waking up at 3 a.m., because the alarm was a uh, few seconds after the attack. So apparently you don't have time to run away and to find a more safe place. And then you are facing it for two or three hours because if it is attacked, it takes for quite a long time. And yes, this is, there are some breaks, but. Uh, generally speaking, uh, you like my reaction was I freezed. I could not move. Mm -hmm. My brain is working very sharp and analyzing the situations and understanding. Okay, so these shaheds were passing by my building. Now that might be so a hit like maybe three quarter away from my place. So your brain is analyzing everything, but your body is just sitting and you cannot move. 
I have never ever faced in my life that I cannot control my body. So I'm saying to my body, stand up. There is your safety and emergency bag. So just grab it and run. <laughs> You're crazy. But the only thing that you can do is just to sit and just to hear every noise to realize if it's really danger or not. If my brain would say to me, okay, this is too close, maybe then I would run. But for the time being, like at, until now, I'm facing this problem with the freezing. Yes, with the time when you have it like every third day or there were times when it was every Friday or every Thursday. So it was like a time frame when you were like, you already know. And your body is reacting because they, I face that. I face it now that I'm waking up maybe five minutes before the attack. If it's not even an alarm, but my body is already like, okay, I woke up in the middle of the night, so I know there would be attack. And it's always happened like that. So being here and having this amazing technique, the EFT and breathing technique that we are doing, and these techniques of finding your center. So it, it took time for me to start to tap and to translate because there was a time when I could not focus on two different things because when you're in the constant fear of your life, the only, it's even difficult was to concentrate on one thing. It was difficult to translate, even if it is my uh, work and I know how to deal with it. I know how to do it, but it is so difficult to focus. So when you are doing the EFT and when you're doing it in a group, I don't know how it works. I don't understand how it works, but somehow like in one month, I noticed that I can concentrate on one thing to do. In two months, I understand, I realized that it's easier for me to start not to work and hiding into work, but to go outside just to have a fresh air because summer came or in three months. Uh, when you are hearing the bomb with the missile is flying because these missiles, uh, we always say, if you hear it, so it's not after you. If you don't hear it, it's for sure it's after you. Mm. So now like when you are hearing, this is the terrible noise. And sometimes everything in your apartment is just shaking like this and you have a fear, but you remember, huh? If I hear it, it's not after me. Okay. So maybe this time it's not, it's really my time so I can breathe it out. But then, of course, this news all the time that building was damaged and 40 people died, 30 people died, 10 injured. And when you hear that children are injured about that, so then you have another stage. So the first stage is that you are afraid for your life and then you have this total grief. Because you, you understand that these people don't deserve that. And I don't deserve that. Yeah. So actually doing this job, because first my intention was just to help, just to be uh, useful for my, for other Ukrainians, because I can do anything but translating. So, but then after a while, like half a year, I found out that it actually is helping me. It was passive work because I was doing only translation in the beginning and I didn't have time to tap because 
it was difficult for me physically because of everything that I'm facing, staying inside of this world. And now when it's already almost uh, one, it's almost three years, the next year is going to be next February. It's going to be two years how we have this. Yeah. It's awful. So now I have time to tap and to be present and to help myself with the tapping because I see that it's working even being passive. So can you imagine how it works if I'm active? <laughs> Thank you for that. I'm going to jump in on that just to, again, relay this to our sports folks, right? We know as athletes and as humans, but particularly as athletes, that when we have a new skill that we are learning, in the case of Nati, it was tapping and uh, translating at the same time. That practice, with practice, we can develop these new neural pathways. So as we're listening to this riveting testimony by Natty, that recognize sport coaches that if you'd like to learn this new technique that's going to help your players play well and do other things, give yourself the grace of time to practice. Um, generally, the people that I have had the pleasure of working with, most of them feel something really profound in the first session. Not everybody though. And I say to those ones who don't, give it some time, try it again, be persistent. There's over 120 clinical trials of EFT, that's the tapping process we're describing, that demonstrate the strong efficacy, fancy word for this thing just works. It works really well and it helps shift the neurotransmitters in our body so that instead of the cortisol and the other chemicals related to fear, we get to feel the chemicals that are related to serenity and happiness and uh, neutrality, we'll call it, so that we can decide on our own what our body should do and uh, the reactions that we can have to the things that are going on around us that obviously we cannot control. So I think it's amazing. Yes, ma'am. Mel, what would you like to say? I would also like to encourage the listeners to not be overwhelmed or caught up in the extraordinary circumstances that our precious Nati has described. That's a very obvious example of how the fight, flight, or freeze, sometimes we call it fawn response, works in the human body. But it's very easy to get caught up in the minutia of an experience or the story. And when you can recognize Everyone is living out a reality in their own head that brings up some of these triggered responses, whatever the circumstances are, then you can shortcut that response and bring people back to how are we going to navigate this? And everyone in their everyday life, even if you're not surviving what Natty's described or what I've described in my background, everyone can relate. And instead of pushing it away and being like, well, I shouldn't take part or I shouldn't be aware of this or this is not for me because I'm not going through anything that severe. This is just how the psyche and the physiology of the human body intersect. And this is how you can empower yourself to live better lives. And often a dream that we talk about within our group is imagine if everyone was doing this, even to handle casual upsets, our whole world would look so different. A society on the whole, a global society on the whole, who could regulate their own emotional experience and make clear decisions, we wouldn't have maniacal leaders like Putin 
creating wars where there isn't one necessary. This is those grander vision. I know that sounds very grandiose, but this is really for everyone to take responsibility for their own emotional regulation and then the impact their decision-making has on everyone around them, whether it be their families or their entire community, especially if you hold power. I would second that, that <laughs> clarity that we talked about. Boy, that sounds like something that a quality that a leader of a country or a city or a neighborhood, boy, wouldn't that be nice to have? <laughs> and look, we all suffer from lack of clarity in our lives. No question about that. If we can have some tools and we can have a community that endorses this kind of behavior, boy, then we really got something. And again, sport coaches, if you're listening out there, imagine if you had your team have clarity. If they had the ability to not get caught up in the situation that's presented in front, to recognize that the game that they loved in their backyard, it's the same game playing in front of 50,000 people. It's your perception of those 50,000 people and the judgment that may be out there that affects the way you move your body, the way you think, et cetera. So it's, a, it's an incredible analogy, amazing analogy, and not to meant to, to diminish anything because what Nati and her families and friends are going through is unimaginable. Again, as Mel said, we have with very few exceptions, not had to live through anything like that in our lifetimes. Um, I will say, Mel, you were, you're in New York. Were you there during 9-11? I was really lucky. I consider myself lucky in that I was in college at the time and I was in Massachusetts and I have family from here. That was a very harrowing experience being long distance though, because I could, there was a time where you couldn't get the phone lines to work. I couldn't get to my sister. I didn't know where she was. And even just thinking about it, this is what, over 20 years ago now, I still get a little like, Oh, yeah. uptick in my nervous system thinking about her not being able to contact her. My brother is a uh, high ranking in the military at the time in the Air Force, and he became very quickly part of an entourage that was working with closely with the president uh, at the time on a lot of that strategy. And that was frightening for me to think if he was going to go back into uh, a frontline experience. So there was a lot of unknowing at that experience and then hearing from my friends and family who were in New York City at the time. And the reason that I bring that up is the unknowing. So much of what we have to navigate through as human beings to create this fear of whether it's a world war or a game, you know, that you're playing or whatever the presentation you have to make in front of the board. It's that crossing the barrier of the unknown. It's walking to that valley of the shadow that we all have to go through on our own. That when you can, once again, become clear, become grounded. I love Natty's choice of words where she said that the group became the anchor point. I have something to survive for on Fridays. This is my stable ground. And I'm going to be able to move through the unknown of this situation that creates so much intense emotional turmoil because I can get to that. And if we could have... I'm speaking as somebody who enjoys ritual on a daily basis and uses ritual to move through my day. When you give people touchstones and anchor points, then those darker moments that we will all have to navigate repeatedly throughout our human experience of the unknown becomes way less frightening and can even become an adventure of opportunity. 
which might make one some people on here want to vomit. There was a time where I was like, the New Yorker in me is like, F that. Don't tell me how to feel. Don't tell me to bring positivity to a stressful experience. But now I can see how actually that can be a really empowering mindset to shift into. Once you secure your safety or once you just secure the reality of your circumstances, this is not repression or spiritual bypassing, I'm suggesting. Hmm. Natty, um, I don't know the Ukrainian society well enough to know if there are a set of rituals that can help people through this. I, I don't know enough about it to even give you details. Or are they searching... Could they benefit as Mel and I do with various rituals that we do it through throughout the day, including tapping? If to, if to talk about the Ukrainian society, we need to look into this Sovietic background where we don't believe in anything. Mm. And like psychology, what is this? It's some kind of fake science or something. And I can say that until 1991, our people were totally out of religion also. So we start to be extremely re religious after the Soviet Union collapsed. So if to tell you that Ukrainians are stick to someone, to something, I think like nowadays mostly was the religion, uh, psychology until now, it's some, something like nowadays after this almost two years of the world, our people start to say, okay, maybe I need some outside help. So I believe that nowadays it would be extremely important, especially that we have a lot of injured people uh, who are now surviving after the survival, because you need to adjust yourself for the new you. Like a lot of people, they lost legs, hands, the parts of the bodies that you used to have. And this also involves a lot of this work of psychological work. And I believe that it would be more than useful and helpful for Ukrainian people, which is needs to reach them with the correct words and correct explanation that it is not some of our people, they believe in magic. So some of them, we need to catch with these words that this is the magic and this magic would help you to survive. So yes, with this hey. uh, parts, yeah, we can catch them. And because anyway, we need that. Even if someone says we don't need it, they need it. <laughs> Those one who says we don't need it, they need it <laughs> the most. You're right. And I love the magic piece of it. Hey, as they say, you got to meet your client where they are. I say, we let's call it magic if, if that's going to get people to adopt it. And so other people is, no, I need to have it be a senior person said, we only use evidence-based techniques. And I said, aha, good to know. And that EFT actually is an evidence-based technique as designated by the American Psychology Association. And it's important again to recognize where a culture is and be sensitive to that. I want to, I just, I know this is putting you on the spot here, Nati, but I would like you to send a message out to, in Ukrainian right now, about what you just said. It's just that we have a history of doubt on some of this, and that technique that we're using and the services that we have here are valuable. Yeah. Whatever else you'd like to say, go ahead and fill up the next minute here. 
Я хотіла просто сказати, що насправді, попри те, що ми, можливо, наразі ми дуже віримо і не дуже довіряємо у цю психологію, тому що в нас дуже багато недовіри до людей, особливо до людей, які нам не показують свої дипломи, до людей, які не показують свої досягнення. І ми вважаємо, що, ну, то так, така рекламна якась... Якась реклама, то щоб просто мене, щоб мене там вимити якісь гроші або що. Але насправді нам зараз вам всім потрібна допомога. І комусь, можливо, допоможе цей, цей клінічний психолог, а комусь допоможе такі медичні трюки, які насправді дуже дієві і насправді перевірені вже і часом, і вченими. Якщо ви пошукаєте інформацію про EFT, про, цю, емоційну, про емоційну свободу, ви побачите, що насправді це працює і це допомагає. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for that. And as you were saying that, I left one piece out, what came to me, I left piece out of my own story is that my grandfather, who I never met, was from a little village southwest of Kyiv. And I like to think that part of my lineage was tugging at me as well. And I'm so grateful that there are people like you, Nati and Mel, that are able to come together internationally to provide solutions. And it really is a new solution. The spirit of coaching here is all about providing new solutions and It is not a new solution to be empathetic and to feel somebody else's pain and then do something about that. Nevertheless, the techniques that we have here are relatively new in the world. And as I've said before, humans are great at creating new solutions. We need a little kick in the butt sometimes to implement. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm so glad, Scott, that you, I was, you said it right before I was going to go. God, don't you have personal lineage here? And it's very important for me as somebody, quote unquote, as a human being on the outside of this particular cultural event, coming from another cultural background with similar histories, it's important for me to not only acknowledge my ancestors and how they feel when they see continued inequality and grand bullying. I want to honor the people who I'm serving in this moment. Ukrainians, people by extension surrounding countries who are also suffering because of this. And not only Nati and her immediacy with her family and Ukrainian presence, but Scott's lineage. I want to honor that. I think so much of why our group works so well is because we are all coming from a very heartfelt and heart-led place. Um, and I like to think of Scott's grandfather mm. pushing us forward also. And That's right. That's right. Thank you. Thank you for that so much. And I know this is a, uh, a charged conversation here. We're, we're feeling it. And to let everybody know, I've tapped throughout most of this on my hand. If anybody's listening and just wants to provide a little comfort for themselves, imagine your hand doing a karate chop, that spot that would hit the board and do that wonderful trick where you smash the board in half. If you would just tap on the side of that hand, on the puffy part of it, It really provides great relief. If you are a advocate of or a knowledgeable in the Chinese medicine world, and I'm not, but I know enough, that particular spot has a meridian that 
leads to the heart. It can provide really great comfort. And uh, if you feel triggered, even listening to this conversation, give a little tap on that. Just keep tapping. There's no magic number as to how many times. And uh, it's a great, it's just a great tool to have. In closing here, are there anything, any particular messages that Nati, you would like to have out there for the listeners here? Again, that they probably have never heard Ukrainian spoken before. They don't know anybody who's ever been in a war like you have in terms of being attacked and have had your family terrorized. Is there anything that you'd like to say to, any, to our listeners on that front? I actually don't like to say people about, I believe that every information they want to know about the war, they would find it's freely in the internet. So they would find it. And there are plenty of people who are sharing their experience, being, living, surviving, escaping, right? just being the Ukrainian. Uh, I just want to state from my side that I'm very thankful to the world to this, this magical world that brought me here, that I found you guys who are helping me actually. And through this, you are helping my family and my friends because if I'm in my center, I know how to deal and how to talk and how to hear all of my close and beloved people. So I just want to say thank you guys for your amazing job and for your sympathy and that you really found something deep in Ukrainian and in Ukraine and you, that you are helping us a lot. Thank you so much for that. You better talk, Mel, because I'm not sure that I can without crying here. <laughs> oh, I love Scott. I love Scott working with Scott because he is such a, a beautiful and embodiment of his masculine and divine masculine divine feminine energies where he can lead and really just be so powerful when he is administering and facilitating EFT in our group and also be tapped into his open-hearted emotion and I really I want to give him a lot of acknowledgement because that doesn't happen without work especially for a man in our society in the United States and I, I want to before sending my last prayer out just acknowledge Scott for that. You can cry, babe, and I'll take over now. So thank you. I feel very fired up because of what we're doing and because of what the beautiful word Nati just gave us as the facilitators and coaches. What I want to convey for the ending of this is it is not enough to want peace. It is not enough to say, I just hope everything works out. What I'm hoping the listeners here get as we progress forward is not just that it's your responsibility to progressing within yourself and to pick up self-development tools that help you to be your highest self and who you want to be. We are going to continue to see world wars as we are now with Israel and Palestine. It is not our job as global witnesses to take sides, it is our job to look within ourselves first and investigate for the shadows of prejudice and discrimination that would allow us to other and forget the humanity within one another. This is also why I do this work. 
so that I can ensure that I am investigating within myself anything that could ever let me belittle another human being as something I perceive as an other before they are my fellow sister, brother, intersex human being, just somebody on this planet with me. And that's what I would really hope people take also when witnessing difficult world affairs that we don't have control over. And I'm going I'm to step off my college soapbox now. Thank you. Awesome. <laughs> I will add two things came up out of this is to have listeners understand there's a difference between a what and a how. Okay. So it's important to have the what, don't worry about the how. The what is, I just wanted to help. Didn't know how that was going to be. Have a what, let it stew inside of you and then listen and watch. I call it the universal, the universe will deliver some breadcrumbs and just follow those breadcrumbs and that will help you get to the how. And there's always something to be done here. We all make decisions every day. We just sometimes don't pay attention to the clues that spirit, the universe is giving us. And when we do, we have to then step forward just in a little bit of faith. And I don't really mean a religious faith. I mean that there's a process to the way things work. I found at least in my own life is to allow those messages to come up and follow them. And then the last thing that I'll leave us with here is I had a wonderful conversation today with a veteran. We're actually a U.S. veteran. We're actually recording this on Veterans Day here in the United States. And the veteran said, wouldn't it be amazing if we had leaders and it could be world leaders or leaders in our communities, leaders in our households who said, yeah, I disagree with you and I love you. <laughs> I don't know that we've ever seen a speech like that on TV or elsewhere where a big leader said, yeah, I, I really despise what you've done and I love you. And I know that sounds far-fetched and it feels namby-pamby to some folks in society. That is what the great philosophers of the world and religious leaders have all said. <laughs> Love your neighbor. It doesn't come with any caveats on there. Yeah. We'll all try to do our best. We are humans. We are not going to be perfect. I hope that we have illuminated some topics here that were of value to people. I will allow my guests the privilege here of telling people how they can get in touch with you. If you want it, you do not have to. I will turn it over to Mel. I know you're a businesswoman and turn, as well as a philosopher witch. And uh, <laughs> how do people get a hold of you if they want to have some of your services and physical training or any other training? I thank you for the opportunity to espouse my philosophies. I've never considered myself a philosopher witch, but I really like the way that sounds now. <laughs> If people do want to see a good preview of my work, you can find me on Instagram, of course, at the body wit. That's my handle. And I do have a website, melgutierrez.com. And I do private coaching like Scott does. And I also do most of my work on Zoom. And I'm very grateful for the technology that has allowed my work to be felt in places where previously it People would say to me, I didn't even think this was possible, not just the technology, but my, my mission in part is to normalize what people feel 
and really let them have the freedom of their of owning the authenticity of who they are and their experience. And I'm very grateful to serve in that way. Beautiful. And Natty, I don't believe that you are a website handle um, person on Instagram or anything like that. So I will put out there that if anybody needs the services of an amazing translator in Ukrainian, Russian, French, or German, or and English in there, feel free to reach out to me. I am available via the podcast. Also, my website, which is the, as in T-H-E, championplaybook.com. I'm also on Instagram at coach underscore Scott underscore Fox and on LinkedIn as well. This has been an amazing conversation. I'm humbled and honored to be associated with you two and to do the work that we do. My hope is that listeners will know somebody who can receive our messages and our practice. Again, any Ukrainian citizen, wherever they are in the world is welcome and please reach out to us. I thank everybody so much. And Natty, thank you. I'm honored. And Mel, I appreciate you so much. <laughs> thank you. I'm so honored to work with both of you. And every time Natty talks about the 500 languages she speaks and professionally translates in, I'm always like, that's a good amount of magic. That's more than I got right now. <laughs> All right, everybody. Thanks so much for listening. If you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to help support the podcast, please share it with others post it on social media, or leave a rating and review. What I really love is if you give me a call, I'd love to have individual conversations with people. Give me a call or a text and we will set that up. And my phone number is 703-624-8265. I'm a real person. Let's have a phone call and I look forward to it. Thanks again. And I'll see you next time.